So may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So we are in session five, continuing the Romans course, uh, which... um, the Bible Society uh, has put together and we're looking at in life groups too. So um, we're going to be um, thinking today about freedom. Um, we've unpacked the gospel of grace and celebrated the peace that Jesus brings. And so Paul now addresses a particular objection. Can we keep on sinning? And if we keep on sinning, does that mean we get to experience more grace? It's kind of a messed up logic, but I think it's quite funny. Um, What shall we say then? Verse 1, Romans 6. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? You can kind of see how you could get there logically, can't you? Although it's kind of wacky. Um, Well, if I do more stuff that separates me from God, then I get to experience more of God's grace and redemption. And sometimes maybe, um, as you've heard people give their testimonies, uh, people who come to faith in Jesus, and sometimes they have these stories of, you know, all the stuff they they did, and these tend to be the ones we hear about. Uh, There's some great stories on Alpha of these these people who were uh, in prison and were violent people, and they were redeemed, and and I, I know I watch that, and I go, well, my testimony is not quite so exciting. Any of, any of you in the same place? Maybe you, you haven't done loads of things that got you sent down to prison. Um, and, and, and you think, well, maybe I'm, I'm, I, don't, I haven't experienced as much as God's grace because I didn't do what that person did. Um, the truth is, for all of us, um, it's the same. Grace is the same. The grace means we get to live in freedom. Um, before, before Paul addresses their behavior, he addresses their beliefs in Rome. The things we believe to be true shape the way we live. Uh, so um, our, our beliefs underpin our values, and our values are expressed in our behavior. Um, you've heard that said before. Um, and so if we try and change our behavior without addressing our beliefs, the change won't last. As Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free in John chapter 8. So he's addressing their beliefs, Paul is here. And he uses the imagery of baptism. Now, we do talk about baptism quite a lot in the church, uh, don't we? Um, Especially when people are baptized. and the, the image of baptism, I'm going to talk about it again because that's what the reading has. Um, the image of baptism is of dying to ourself and, and rising to new life in Christ. Now, when we do baptisms in the Anglican church, um, we, um, we do any kind of baptism. Uh, sometimes people say, well, do you do baptism by, by sprinkling or baptism by immersion? And the answer is, actually, we can do both kinds of baptism in the Anglican church. Um, but uh, as you'll know, we also like to be kind of practical. Um, and so it's a lot easier to use the font that we have here and put a bowl in it 
um, and use a small amount of water and symbolically baptize someone than to dunk them in the Fraser River. Now, both are equally valid in, um, in the Anglican Church, um, but uh, we tend to go for the slightly easier option, uh, which also means that the person being baptized doesn't have to get as cold or as wet. And I've told you before my secret uh, to how, generally speaking, although you can guarantee the next one will cry now, but generally speaking, babies don't cry when I baptize them, and that's because I use warm water. Uh, you'll see uh, we use water that's come out of a kettle, and, and we'll mix it to make sure it's a nice temperature, just like if you're washing a baby's hair. If you've ever done that, you'll remember you know, getting, checking the temperatures right, checking it on your wrist, making sure it's okay. And, and that's, um, that tends to be, um, uh, you could call it a trick or a secret as to why babies don't then cry in baptism. There was an old wives' tale um, that, uh, that if the baby doesn't cry, the devil hasn't left them, um, which I think is nonsense. Um, and if someone poured cold water on your head and you weren't expecting it, you may not cry, but you may utter some words. And when you'd utter those words, because you weren't expecting it, uh, you might find yourself having sinned more in order to receive more grace. Okay. Um, so baptism symbolizes uh, the dying and rising. And in full immersion baptism, uh, the, the person is fully under the water. And when you're under the water, no matter how good you are at swimming, you can't breathe. So that's the symbolism of dying. And then rising, coming out of the water and rising to new life in Christ. Um, so that's um, the imagery of baptism. Um, Baptism is a picture of, of Exodus 14, freedom from slavery. All this talk of water is making me thirsty, sorry. Um, Paul reminds the Romans of the reality that they have been united with Jesus in his death and resurrection. So the Israelites were baptized into Moses. In 1 Corinthians 10, uh, it says this, but Christians are baptized into Christ, sharing his death and resurrection. So if Moses brought about the first exodus, Jesus brings about a new and better exodus, one that lasts, that lasts for all time, and that is true freedom from the powers of sin and death. Um, those of you who, uh, who have seen the Life Group videos, um, I, I watched this week's video quite a few times because um, I led three different groups. And um, <laughs> one of the bits that, that kind of amused me um, was when the uh, presenter um, got really excited and said, right, let's look at the verbs. And uh, I'd never seen, uh, I mean, people always like to talk about verbs when they're talking about Greek, but, but I think he was particularly excited about the, the verbs this week. And what he's saying is, okay, and as we see it here too, Paul's words are in the past tense. So for those who are in Christ Jesus, it is a reality that we have, verse 2, died to sin. It's happened. It's done. And we were, past tense, buried with him through baptism in verse 3. And so just as he has been raised, we now, present tense, have new life. As well as reminding us of the reality of our new life in Christ, 
this, this is an opportunity for us to either um, celebrate that faith or to say, I'm not a Christian yet. I, I, would, I would like to receive that new life. Um, some of you may wonder why I often say, if there's someone here who isn't a Christian, and you think, well, everyone here is a Christian. I've seen these people in church for years. Um, and uh, there's a story told of, um, a, of a, an evangelist who would go around to different churches, and he would end every sermon with an altar call, which is kind of a bit like, oh, can you still do that these days? But the reality he found was that there was always somebody that gave their life to Jesus. And he'd say to them, well, why, why, you've been in this church for years, why didn't you? Because nobody asked. Nobody said I could make that commitment. And that's what that means. Giving your life to Christ means making that commitment to follow Christ. And whilst we might think about the um, example of the person who's done terrible things, they've been in prison, uh, they'll be the ones that we see the testimony videos of. Actually, for all of us, Week by week, we get to choose, I'm going to have another go. I'm going to have another go this week and follow Christ. I'm probably going to fail. I will fail. But I'm going to try. We get to recommit to follow Jesus afresh. So, um, so the first thing Paul does then is helps us see um, the truth. The truth that in Christ we have already been forgiven from our sins, that we have freedom from sin. So, he then moves on in the second part to look at behavior. Having told them um, to know the truth, he instructs them to live in the light of truth. He tells the Romans to reckon or consider themselves dead to sin in verse 11. That is, he wants them not just to know this as a theory, but to apply it in their own lives as a truth. He wants to see them live differently. And it's interesting, he does this by saying, sin is no longer your master. So you shouldn't offer your bodies as instruments of wickedness, or offer their, they should instead offer their bodies to God as instruments of righteousness. So being dead to sin and raised to new life doesn't mean we can't sin anymore, if only it did. But it does mean we have the choice in the matter. Um, I, I don't really know how to explain this very well, so I apologize in advance for trying to. Um, but it's that sense that it's not that I have been forgiven for my sins, therefore I mustn't sin anymore. But freedom in Christ means I don't need to sin anymore. And it's kind of might seem quite nuanced, and you're going to need to think about that during this week. But what does it mean to stop saying, I'm a Christian, I've been forgiven, and therefore, as a response, I mustn't sin? To, um, to move to a place of saying, I'm a Christian, I've been forgiven, and so I don't have to sin. I mustn't, to, I don't have to. 
And I think that's where, if you like, the gold dust is when we move from, I, I mustn't sin anymore because I need to be a good person. I mustn't swear because my coworkers or my, my colleagues or, or my, my neighbors or my family will, will judge me. Moving away from that kind of uh, judgmental understanding of sin, rightly that it may be, but moving away from that to a place of going, I don't need to anymore. I, I get to live in, in the freedom that Christ has given me. I get to live in the freedom from those things. Those things don't bind me anymore. Moving away from I mustn't sin to I, I don't need to. I'm, fr I'm free not to. I'm free just to enjoy the blessings that God wants to give me. You will need to think over that, I think. And maybe you have a better way of explaining it than I do. I just did it by standing from here and here. But maybe you have a better way of, of getting your head around that. Moving away from, I mustn't sin because I'm a Christian uh, and that's bad, to, I don't need to, I'm free. Sometimes where that freedom comes is, like we saw in the video, uh, making that decision to say, okay, I'm going to make a change. There's something, uh, maybe something in our lives that, that just binds us. Um, and... Uh, Maybe if you um, have close friends or, or you're married, you could ask somebody and say, you know, if you think you're sinless, um, try asking somebody else, uh, do you think there's anything, any sin that I ought to be moving away from? And there's a good chance if they're a good friend that they'll be able to tell you exactly what that is. Um, dramatic stories of people moving away from sin and, and experiencing freedom in Christ are always the ones that we see. But I really want to emphasize that for most of us, it's not going to be that dramatic. It's going to be small. It's going to be the times when you're driving along and instead of waving an angry fist, you'll wave a gentle hand at the driver that's just cut in front of you. It's in those kinds of moments when we catch ourselves and go, I'm, I'm free from the anger and the rage that I might experience on the road, to just go, it's all right, you go. Have a good day. It's those kind of small things. It's when we move from, from letting, um, when the person's kind of trying to jump in front of us at the self-checkout at the store, if you go to those things, which you really don't have much choice anymore, that's a rabbit hole. I'm not going to go there. Um, but you, those self-checkouts and there's people there and someone dives in front of you. And, uh, and, and instead of standing there being annoyed uh, that they've just pushed in front of you, maybe you can say, well, they, they, they're probably rushing to get a child from school or rushing to you know, get to work and, and I'm okay. And so a couple of examples, you could probably think of better ones, but just small ways where we can see um, that freedom as we grow in our faith and our relationship with Jesus. In the Lord's Prayer, uh, which we'll say later on in the service, it says, um, save us from the time of trial. Or uh, if you're old school, um, as I am in my head, uh, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We, we're given that prayer as a gift. 
Uh, again, it's not that we must say it, but we're given it as a gift, so we get to say it. We're given the prayer as a gift. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Because Jesus knew we'd be tempted. He knew that evil is all around us. He knew that life would be hard for us. And so he said, when you pray, ask our Father in heaven to help you, to be led not into temptation, or saved from the time of trial, or saved from the time of testing, however you want to phrase it. Because we will be tempted, but we can still ask the Lord, would you help me? And sometimes in those moments as we pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, God might reveal what it is that we are being tempted by and we need to move away from. And it could be something dramatic. Chances are, for most of us here, it's not a huge, big thing that would make the best testimony video ever. It's little, small things that we struggle with that are known only to us. Any uh, Liverpool fans in the room this morning? No, we used, we used to have more Liverpool uh, football club fans here. Um, there's a song they sing uh, from the, the musical Carousel, You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. Do you know it? Sorry? It, it's it's the, the chorus of, the, of that, that football club, soccer club. Soccer. I said football. You're probably thinking, what? what? Soccer. Sorry. Sorry. Um, it's called football in other places. Um, we don't walk alone. God is with us. We don't have to struggle on our own. We get to attempt to walk this journey of freedom from those things that separate us from God with God. Maybe, uh, as, as I wrap up, um, and as we move into a prayer ministry time, maybe um, you need to be reminded of that, that there is hope, that when you fail, you always get to come back. Um, maybe you are someone that, that finds it helpful to learn some Bible verses, and there's lots of good verses all through the Bible and in Romans that remind us um, that we have died to sin, verse 2, um, that we're baptized into Christ. Um, maybe you would be, uh, be someone that would do well to write those down, or maybe, maybe write a short prayer down uh, that you could say each day in the morning to, to, to help you. Um, and if you need a short prayer, I mean, there's nothing better than the Lord's Prayer. Um, so you could just use that one and pray, Lord, lead us not, lead me not into temptation. Maybe as I've talked about baptism, you actually think, oh, I'm not baptized and I'd quite like to be. We can arrange that. We're not going to do it today. Um, I mean, we, we could, but... It's nice to have at least a week's notice because um, we have to boil the kettle. 
as I said earlier. Um, and, and sometimes you can be an adult and find that you didn't get baptized uh, when you were younger and you've come to faith yourself and you want to be baptized. For other people, um, sometimes they say, well, um, I know I was baptized as a baby. I'd like to make a commitment as an, as an adult. And then um, what we have in the church there, because we believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, as the creeds say, um, we have a service of confirmation when the bishop will come and lay hands on you. And if you wonder what is a service of confirmation look like, um, at three o'clock today at Holy Spirit Church in Wanuk, um, you can go and see uh, Bishop John's going to be doing a service of um, uh, in the parish. There'll be confirmation and reaffirmation of faith and those kinds of things. So you can see what that looks like if you want to. Um, the bishop will come back to us in September next year. And so that can be, be something uh, we can look forward to. And maybe that's a time when you say, okay, I'd like to know more, and I'd like it that when the bishop comes, I could be confirmed too. So maybe it's a small thing, maybe it's a big thing. Uh, what is it for you that you can do practically to help take a step away from I must not sin anymore to know I am free from sin, I don't need to, I get to live in the freedom of the love of God. Um, and so we're going to have a time of prayer now. Um, and uh, I'm just going to invite the band to come up, and I'm going to invite some prayer people to come up. And um, Melody's also going to be outside in the, in the lobby, so if you want to, or the narthex. Um, it's called so many different things, and people like to laugh at me for whatever I call it, which changes from day to day. But the narthex entrance space out there, Melody's going to be out there, and there's going to be people at the front. We're going to sing. Um, and I just invite you, if you would like to come forward for prayer, um, if there maybe there's something that God's put on your heart and you say, I'd really like freedom from that. You don't need to tell the prayer people what you want freedom from. You don't need to tell them how they can pray for you. Um, it helps if you give them an, an inkling, but you don't need to. You, can, you could even just say, there's something I'd just like the Lord to take away, a burden I've got and they can pray into that. So I, I'd encourage you. You might also like to come forward for prayer because there's, there's something um, you'd like healing from, uh, which could be physical, spiritual, emotional, or someone you know. So all sorts of reasons. I don't want you to assume that everyone is coming to the front because they've got a huge, big addiction. Um, maybe they do, um, but not everyone has to. So just come for prayer. Um, I'm going to say a prayer now, and then uh, we're going to sing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the wonderful power and truth of your gospel. We thank you that freedom from sinful patterns of behavior is possible, that we no longer have to live under the weight of our sin. Where we need to find freedom, please set us free. Holy Spirit, please come and live in our hearts and empower us to live free for your glory. May your truth truly set us free. Amen. So we'll stand together, we'll sing two songs.